think you may turn around to uh, kind of like walk off. Let's see here. The place, let's see. No, 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 plot twists. Nah, I don't want domiciles. Let's go. Let's get a smell for the place. Yeah, I like that. Now nah, I'm just pretty much rolling on tables because I find them interesting. And that's okay. That's the way this is supposed to work. Delightful, delightful good. Okay. Um, instead of it having that uh, metallic oil and grease, diesel and uh, burnt tire smell, there's uh, the smell of food cooking. There's that slightly heady approach of both. I'm going to say this place would probably have like heavy alcohol scene, probably even maybe a partial uh, medical drug scene. But the combined sense overwhelms anything else, and it's not unattractive. Uh, both of them just kind of start looking around, glancing around. Yakim keeping his hand where his pistol would be, realizing, of course, that it's not there, but not willing to get rid of his long-lost or his long-fought uh, habits. Uh, Jean Pierre or Jean Francois. I don't know why I keep calling him Jean Pierre. His name's going to end up becoming Jean Pierre. The rate I'm going, uh, Jean Francois just kind of falls in line just behind him. He goes, ah, this place, it's, um, it is a little still weird, but, uh, you think we can stop for maybe, uh, some food? I'm quite hungry. Uh, we have not eaten and it is already past, uh, noon. Yes. Uh, if we find a place that's cheap, I'm not going to spend a minute longer than we need to. Goes, all right. They, uh, continue moving forward. Let's roll a quick check. Uh, I'd say it's likely. Oh, yeah. Now they find the source of the food fairly quickly. Uh, they, uh, they kind of step forward and there is a food truck. There we go. Perfect. Why wouldn't there be a food truck in the middle of a encampment in the, the Kansas, uh, wildlands? And as they step forward, there is, uh, the just melt-watering, mouth-watering smell of a long-cooked barbecue. That tangy and sweet smell just kind of clings over everything. Uh, the molasses, the sugars, the spices, the peppers, all of it just cloying together. Uh, the uh, Even Yakim just kind of stops what he's doing. He's like, all right, well, we can get something to eat. This, this place looks fine. Uh, they come forward. And, so uh, what will it be, fellas? And they... Look up at the menu, glance down, see some of the prices. Akeem winches a little bit and he goes, oh, that's kind of expensive, but, um, you know, I'll take a, take one of those. And he points up, uh, John Francois, oh, I'll take a, um, this one. And then, uh, can I get this on the side? And can you put the sauce in a little pan so I can just dip in? Oh, very good. Uh, so we are using in this game in particular and this is one of the things i like about savage worlds is that we can use uh, obfuscation for certain things i don't want to track each individual credit that yakim may earn or lose instead we're going to use something called the wealth die now in this particular scenario a wealth die is not necessary uh, if they eat like this quite often then maybe the wealth die will go down but it what it represents it is a attribute roll just like a skill or any other attribute but instead it just represents the amount of funding that the character currently carries yakim has a starts with a d6 in his wealth die and anytime he wants to purchase something of um particular expense he has to roll the wealth die and his wild die and if he gets his four or higher then he succeeds and he finds what he's looking for but his wealth die goes down by one 
If he gets with a raise, so it's an 8 or a 12 or anything, you know, uh, uh, anything above an 8. And not only does he manage to purchase the thing, but he purchases it at such a great deal that his wealth die doesn't go down. If he fails, no change, he can't find it, can't afford it, something along those lines. If he gets snake eyes, then not only does the wealth die go down, he does not get what he wants because he gets rolled, mugged, or the item is a fake. So the idea that this can add to this particular influence and that the world itself can be obfuscated in the way that we don't have to count to the penny, but at the same time represent what it means to actually have to like scrounge and pull together funds to purchase those things that you want. And they sit down, enjoy their meal, and then Yakim kind of pulls himself back up. It's, I really want to get this over with. Let's go get this piece, huh? Jean-Pierre stands up, or Jean-Francois. Okay, his name is now Jean-Pierre. It's just going to be that much easier. I'm going to scratch it out right now. My family's, uh, they call me Francois, but you, everybody else just calls me Jean-Pierre. He goes, all right, fine, Jean-Pierre, let's go. They uh, <laughs> walk over to the uh, the large pit that has this kind of open scrapyard. You can see a a wing to an old plane sticking out over top of just a pile of corrugated metals, uh, old refrigerator that looks like it has been carved with funny shapes in the front, uh, hinges have just been missing, and that there's a stack of tires that have various spears and swords cast into them. They uh, approach, and let's see here, a uh, man comes up to him almost immediately, let's, character appearance, a 22, a desperate bizarre we're gonna say he's not human uh a desperate bizarre db now in this setting there is a derogatory term for those who do not come from our plane of existence and that is they're usually just referred to as dimensional beings but the abbreviation is db delta bravo dbs are depending on where you are either accepted tolerated or outright hated and this close to the coalition states, any dimensional being is at true risk. So as this creature kind of comes up, let's take a look and let's do the mutation rolls. Now you have a purpose mutation table. So we are going to roll. Now, of course, I can't find that table because that's how these things work. Powers, sounds, smells, terrain, undead descriptions. No. As I said, organization will be important in this. Mutation descriptions. Okay. So this creature, this uh, humanoid with combat 92. Okay. Combat transform. So what I picture is, uh, let's get, uh, actually, let's also roll on, there was a descriptions table. Yeah, character descriptions. A 29, clean, 34. Clean, common, but with the ability to chain shape. Okay, descriptors. All this to build out one NPC, but it's kind of one of the reasons I love it because we don't know exactly when and where this person's gonna come up again. So, a metallic, Strange. Okay, so here's what I'm picturing. Uh, as they approach, they step forward. 
and a creature turns around. A bulking brute of overlapping metal plates. They shimmer with a strange light and color, and they begin to reform as the creature itself turns in place uh, where you uh, a face would normally exist instead it almost looks like a sensor pale or a um, sensor pad where multiple lenses extrude sensors uh, come out in all directions and they change and move it is almost a little bizarre to watch as this mechanical well, not even mechanical maybe that's not specifically mechanic but it for our parlance it would almost be cybernetic but it's almost liquid cybernetics uh, it takes on a humanoid form as it approaches uh, head, arms, legs, torso. Uh, and in a slightly driving voice, uh, it comes up and says, Yes, uh, let's see here. Is there a cool table for this one? If not, we may just roll with what's coming up in my mind, which specifically I wanted to get the conversation piece. There we go. A 16, careful, and 65, a careful, loud voice. Man, what a dichotomy that is. Uh, the thing approaches, the creature approaches, uh, and in, a, in an amplified but uh, carefully cadenced voice, query, what is your purpose? Akeem's uh, taken back a little bit. Uh, let's see, does he recognize the species, which we're going to have to come up with a name, common knowledge of a d6, a 3 and a 5. Um, we did say specifically that it is not necessarily, it's a little exotic, so even with a negative 1, we're going to say that's a 4. Um, Yakim's encountered this. These creatures are called, let's come up with a name, huh? Organization, not my strongest suit. There we go. Names. 34 and 12. The Gobby. Okay. We're going to call them the Gone Bins. Race. Metallic Combat Shapeshifters. Uh, Yakim, his hand automatically goes back to where he thought his pistol would be, but of course, in this kind of like quick reaction, uh, Jean-Pierre just kind of looks up and goes, Mandu, what? This is just uh, another person just living their life, yes? Yakim goes, he's, he's a gone bee. It's a race of just almost uh, adaptive combat. Uh, they can change their shape to take on whatever combat requirements they have. And Jean-Pierre just nods and goes, yes. He is working behind the counter. Yes, um, I assume he is not willing to kill us right now. It's a fair point. Okay, well, uh, he steps forward. He goes, uh, we're here to um, try to barter for a part. Query, what part are you looking for? Uh, looks like it was um, something uh, 15 converter. Type 15 converter, I believe it was called. Conby stops for a second. Response. I will be back shortly. He turns around and begins to walk off back behind the scene. So let's roll on our plot twist to see 
what is about to happen because we know one this place is not what it seems and that specifically our friend Valen back there was trying to set up for an ambush maybe this place the way that it works they uh a mechanic out in the middle of nowhere sends somebody always looking for this. Maybe the Type 15 converter is, it's a code word for, I'm a sucker, please rob me. Uh, but we're going to find out by rolling on the plot twist. This is a 73. Uh, 73 is protect. 46. Protect leader. Okay. Protect leader. Uh, what would that mean in the context of uh, specifically an ambush? Would bandits need to protect their leader? Oh, maybe. Maybe. The code words determine the danger level of the person, right? Maybe Valen actually saw that Yakim looks like a juicer and maybe a juicer. She doesn't entirely know. But what she does know is he's a potential target as a Jean-Pierre, but he's dangerous. And so they have to protect the leader. The leader is somebody in this encampment who runs this entire show. Keem seems like the kind of person who, if he manages to even get an upper hand, may go directly for their leader. Okay, so uh, the trap is beginning to get sprung. As we uh, step forward here, I'm going to take a quick break. Pardon me, friends, for I will be gone for just one moment. But you won't know, because I'm going to pause the recording. Alright, and so I'm back. Okay, so... As the uh, gone bin had stepped away, uh, the our two um, our two heroes here, as, uh, Yakim just still has that itching sensation in the back of his mind. I'm going to roll another notice roll for him. I'm going to say this is at negative two though, because while things are starting to go a little weird on him, he wants to make sure that he knows exactly what's about to fucking go down. Uh, his sense is picking up, and while he doesn't necessarily, it's not at the point where his uh, his juicer is about to kick in. It's starting to get there. It's that nervous level in the back of his mind as the, uh, the stress begins to build up. He's starting to get a little on edge. And I'm going to actually say that it breaks the, the, based on the description here, of the drug-induced euphoria. Um, on the first round of an unexpected combat or high-stress situation, the character doesn't gain the benefits on uncanny reflexes or quick. So uh, this isn't necessarily low stress, but it's not truly high stress. Uh, four minus two. No, he doesn't. Actually, you know what? I'm going to use a Benny. There's a five. No, the sense is there, but he doesn't know what's going on. Starts looking around, watching. Um, what he doesn't really see is that there are there are some ruffians. There are some bandits who are beginning to take places that surround them. Yakim, of course, doesn't really fully notice as he's a little concerned about getting stabbed in the back, not just from, you know, the folks that are here, not just from the Ganbin that he had just encountered, but also from the fact that he doesn't know who Jean-Pierre really is. Uh, and now he is in a town surrounded by strangers. His sense is going up. He is without his weapons. He's without an easy access of getting his car out. Things are not are not premium form right now. As the uh, group begins to move forward, let's see here. All right, uh, he sees a group of them. I need to come up. We're gonna take a look at uh, actions. Uh, 
1998. Uh, he watches as one of them begins to light a, uh, looks like a, maybe a rolled cigarette, a rolled joint, something of uh, burnable quality. It catches where he sees that this, uh, this person may not necessarily be human, but he also sees that they all carry with them weapons. Knowing, of course, that he is not entirely unarmed, but really wishing that he was able to keep his, uh, his, uh, his guns right now. Jean-Pierre, or Yakim starts getting that paranoid approach because we need to start talking about getting out of here. This is not going to go the way we hope it's going to. And Jean-Pierre just, we need this uh, part. Yes, we, she says we will not be able to go far without it. He goes, I'm willing to take my risks of just walking at this point. I don't like this. This isn't good. Uh, So we're going to ask the fate table now. What is the likelihood that this ambush is about to go off. I'm going to say it is likely. Uh, so that means an 85 or lower, and this attack is about to occur. It is a 2. So it is an exceptional yes, confirming above and beyond. So, <clears throat> I see Akeem and Jean-Pierre uh, stand around. That funny feeling just tickling the back of his mind. Jean-Pierre, I'm going to say, is going to get or one of them. Let's see. I'm going to roll on the character table. Well, actually, I'm just going to say 50-50. Odds, they target after Yakim. Evens, they target Jean-Pierre. Yakim first. He needs to make a notice roll against one of their survival or one of their stealth checks. Uh, they do have at least an equal stealth as him. So, he rolled a four. They rolled a four as well. So, no change. Which means I'm not going to say that they get the drop on him, but they definitely get an additional round against him. Uh, He is amped. He is, you know, not fully ready to go. The juicer capabilities haven't truly launched just yet, but Yakim is now concerned, and so he is not in a daze. Uh, But we're going to go right into initiative here. Let's say it is going to be 2d6 worth of these bandits who are beginning to pile up around them. Oh, that's not good. Nine of these uh, these bandits uh, suddenly cast forward. One of them comes forward uh, and with a neuro mace uh, tries to get a quick attack off against Yakim. Uh Let's see here. Does he have... Well, we're going to use the standard stats for a bandit, which is a d6 across the board, but a neuro mace, I want to say, has special rules behind it. So we're going to flip open the old Savage Rifts book. And let's see. Nope, no fibro weapons. Neuro mace. Does not deal mega damage. Touch attack. The victim must make a bigger check or be stunned. All right. So it is not mega damage, but it does strength plus a d6. Uh, In addition, they can just try to use this mace to stun a target. Now, to what purpose, we're not sure yet. But Yakim, of course, is not fully aware. He is watching in all directions, so he doesn't see the one coming up behind him. Uh, He doesn't have the drop on him, but he is still going to make an attack. Uh, No need to draw cards, as neither 
Yakim nor uh, Jean-Pierre made their notice rolls to determine. So these bandit groups, they get their first attack. Uh, oh, it's a natural one. Let's see. Nah, it's not a critical failure, but uh, the first one comes around behind. The neuromace sparks, and it's just enough time that Yakim's... Um, his juicer abilities, the uh, heightened meds begin to kick in. His eyes you know, just dilate down to almost like pinpricks of dots. Uh, and he spins with the speed that the first weapon comes down and just barely misses him. The next group is going to, let's see here, they are going to target, well, they're all going to go after Yakim. He is the big, scary, frightening target. So the other eight are going to mass together and try to kick, punch, and knock him down as best as they can. Oh no, the fighting roll blew up. That is a ten versus his parry of six. So that is a hit with a raise. So that's a d6 plus a six plus a raise die. Oh no, it's an eight plus a six on the die. Uh, it's a 14. It explodes. That is a 17. Uh, is there any armor piercing on this? No, that's fortunate, but it hits his toughness. So he is now shaken. Uh, Yakim, as he comes around, a group of them batter out. They slam into him. Some of the Neuromace is beginning to uh, catch flesh just where his arms connect in, where the uh, overlap of his vest of the armor catches into his underarms, and they begin to shock him. Not enough to actually cause a stunning effect, but uh, it causes him to kind of like blink out just for a second. Even the meds kicking in are a little bit harder to actually maintain. Now we're gonna deal out some initiative cards here. So for Yakim, he gets the Jack of Spades. For Jean-Pierre, he gets the Six of Spades. And for the Bandits, it's the Two of Hearts. All right, the meds for Yakim kick in. He suddenly feels pissed. Let's see, does he get a any kind of special abilities to overcome being shaken? Uh, no, not by the looks of it, just to make sure though. Has the quick edge, that doesn't help. Plus two fatigue checks, but that doesn't help. Uh, so no, he just needs to make, so when someone is shaken, uh, this is a status. So the first time you get hit where it meets or beats your, your toughness from a damage roll, you cannot take any additional actions uh, outside of moving, but you can't even run. Uh, but at the start of your turn, when you are shaken, you can roll for free a uh, spirit check to see if you can kind of take yourself out of shell shock. So that's what we're going to do here. We're going to start off with spirit roll. Uh, fortunately, Akeem's spirit is a d8, so we just have to beat a four. Uh, Yep, that blows up, so it's a 7 and a 9, so that is with a raise. He's no longer shaken. He can take his full turn. Um, that survival knife comes out in a blur. A uh, flash of steel. He's going to make two attacks against two different targets. Uh, they're all right in melee with him, uh, which makes it a lot easier. His fighting die is a d8. He's going to roll his d6, but because he's taking two actions this round, uh, trying to pretty much shank two different targets, he's going to take what's called the multi-action penalty. Uh, because his uh, chems and everything are currently flooding him, he is at his full capabilities. So his uncanny reflexes are about to kick in. It's a negative two to hit him going forward. But he has to beat their parry, which is... Parry is one of those derived stats. It's not static for everybody. 
uh, it starts off as a the number two, and then it is half of whatever your fighting die is. So for Yakim, you heard me compare the attack roll against his parry. His fighting die is a d8, so half of an eight is a four, plus two is six, and his parry is a six. Excuse me. So with a parry of six, anybody rolling a fighting die against him has to beat a six, a six or better to hit. Uh, for these bandits, I believe that they have a d4 in fighting, or a d6 in fighting, which means that the parry is going to be five. So, Yakim has to beat a five. Now he's taking the multi-action penalty, which means it's two attacks, but each attack is at a negative two. So, we're going to see if he can beat the number five with a negative two on these rolls. And that's Snake Eyes. Oh, God. He is not doing well. Um, we're going to say the survival, no, the survival knife is not high mechanics. So, instead, uh, the survival knife gets caught up, tangled in with one of the neuro maces. It uh, gets pulled out of his hands, and he is disarmed for this round. Uh, he is still going to take a swing, which now means he has an unarmed attack. Still the same fighting roll, but his damage is now just his strength. Now, strength is a d10, so it's nothing to laugh about. Uh, three and one, but unfortunately it's not enough. Uh, the crowd just becomes a swinging pile of elbows and arms, fists and metal. Uh, there's a heavy clang as a, you know, a neuro mace hits his armor and he's still spinning around trying to figure out who did it. Uh, we're going to go over to... So that is his turn. It is now Jean-Pierre's turn. Uh, we're first going to ask the oracle, is his fighting the same as Yakim's? I'm going to say it's highly unlikely. Oh, but he rolled a 15. So, very unlikely. Yeah. So, Jean-Pierre knows how to fight. So, he gets, he gets a D8 on his fighting rolls. Uh, now, he's not a wild card, and he's not fully prepared, so he is just going to start swinging elbows. He's going to take one attack. That is a 5, so he does hit one of them. Strength is a d6, uh, but it's not enough to get past some of the heavier armors that they are wearing. Um, he then still turns around and uses hearing me a lot. Yakim, uh, what have, uh, do we run yet? Uh, the rest of the bandits turn around. Uh, they're going to make a fighting attack against Yakim, who is still just the uh, the biggest target, the biggest threat. Uh, that is a two and a five. Neither one actually hits their his parry. Uh, he manages to keep him at a bay. Uh, hands and feet, just uh, the full martial arts in effect. And with the negative two to hit, uh, they are starting to try to find a blur in their group. Yakim's full battle training is kidding, kicking into effect. Uh, he gets the queen. Oh, Jean-Pierre gets the king. And the bandits get an eight. Now, so that means we go right over to... Jean-Pierre. He is going to try to... I'm going to say he still tries to fight. He's trying to clear a hole and uh, make a way so that way both him and Yakim could get out. Uh, oh, a seven. Excellent. That's a hit. Oh, that blows up. Beautiful. Oh, yes. 11 points. Uh, he knocks one of them aside, uh, cracking it in the side of the face. The bandit is now shaken. Uh, so there's now just at least one fewer in this horde of flailing... Um, Flailing fiber or flailing 
neuromaces, uh, elbows, and stuttering players. Ugh, sometimes. Uh, we're going to go over to Yakim now. Uh, it's his turn as he is going to take the two attacks again. Uh, D8 plus a D6. Ooh, his eight blows up. The nine, so that is a seven. It totally hits. Uh, his strength is a D10. He crushes the clavicle of one of them. There is a sickening sound of almost like celery being snapped. Uh, and as he pulls his hand back, there is a dent in the breast breastplate of this one bandit. Uh, and his life has just gone out of his eyes. He just collapses. Uh, the body itself doesn't know what to do as soon as the brain is uh, shut down. As the guy's spinal column is broken. Uh, his second attack... It's a D6 minus two. It's a four. I'm going to put in a burn die for this. No ones. Perfect. It's a three. That's another great hit. And as he swings again. Woo! Get it, Yakim. 15 more points. He takes a second one out. Uh, so we now have effectively three of these bandits down. Uh, the rest of them, let's see. So they have an eight. I'm going to give them a D6 for their... Spirit to see if they turn tail and break. They do not break. Uh, they continue the fight. They're going to still continue after Yakim here. Uh, four and a six. The six blows up. It's an 11 that hits. Hits with a raise. So now it is 3d6 damage. Uh, four, seven total. That's not enough to get past his toughness. But as the... Actually, they get an additional d6 because the group of them... No, not enough. Uh, the battering continues as Yakim is trying to block and parry, but one of these neuromaces gets in underneath. Uh, it slams into his ribcage. The armor absorbs the majority of the actual impact. The electricity echoes through, uh, and I think he needs to make a figure roll. Minus two, or be stunned. This figure is a d8, and of course, on any rolls, gets his wild die. So he, uh, he has to roll a six or higher. Then he rolls a six. The stun applies. The electricity arcs into his body and the chems block it for him. The meds pump through and he just feels a burning sensation. But it is good. It is warmth. It is light. It is that desire of all biological creatures to keep moving, to keep fighting, to ensure that the end does not come right now. Akeem draws the jack. Uh, no. Poor Jean-Pierre. He gets the four. The bandits get the seven. Uh, now infuriated by the onslaught, uh, the insult of being shocked a little bit. Uh, we're going to take two more fighting rolls. Yakim just continuously pushes his way forward. Uh, six blows up. Ooh, ten. Minus two, it's an eight. Uh, that is a hit without a raise. The d10 worth the damage. Good lord, Yakim. He takes another one down, snapping his neck in the process. Second attack. That's four. I'm going to burn die this. Oh, there we go. Eight minus two. It's six. That's a hit. Uh, but that that's only three points of damage. As Yakim uh, comes around, so the uh, bandit comes up to him. He grips him by the neck, one-handed, uh, and just almost shakes him like a like a dog picking up a snake. Uh, trying to defend its pups, and the guy's body just goes limp. His legs just swinging in the air uh, like there's nothing attached to him. 
He drops the body behind with a supernatural strength, uh, but it's not enough as he throws it into the form of another one of the bandits. Uh, the guy just kind of like shudders and stands aside. It kind of impacts him, but a boot just goes flailing off in the distance as the bandit is not actually hurt by it. Uh, we go to the bandits as there's now... What do you say? There's four total out right now. I'm going to try to give the one a shake and roll. He makes it. So... Uh, three dead, but it's still enough of a group that they keep coming on. Akeem, uh, none of them actually make through. And we go over to Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre's roll. Oh, nice. Uh, he hits six. Ooh, 12. Jean-Pierre uh, kind of ducks down. One of the guys comes rushing up to him, and he shoulder rushes into it. Uh, Jean-Pierre picks him up and kind of like suplexes him backwards, trying to still make that hole so they can get out of this crowd. Uh, and there is a sickening crunch as he manages and looks backwards and the guy's neck is at an awkward angle. Uh, Jean-Pierre just starts yelling out, No, Hakeem, we can't keep this up. Let's, let's get out of here. Hakeem with the queen. Jean-Pierre with the three. And, ooh, the bandits with the queen of hearts. So reverse alphabetical order. This is Hakeem. Uh, let's ask an oracle question. Is Yakim going to see the wisdom of getting out of here? I'm going to say this is likely with the chaos factor of seven. He just has to roll an 85 or lower. He rolls a 40, or no, he rolls a four. So that is an exceptional yes. Uh, Yakim sees exactly as Jean Pierre is asking this. Uh, he uh, picks up one of the neuro maces, actually, we'll say that. Uh, realizing that he needs to, that they'll probably have to fight their way through. Uh, he spins. Two of them are going to... No, he's going to make two attacks with Neuromace against two different targets and then try to get out of here. So, oh, that blows up. It's cocked. All right, a nine minus two. That is seven. That definitely beats the parry. So this is now D10 plus D6. Woo! No need to check to see if that guy's stunned. Uh... He cracks this guy across the face. Uh, blood pours out, showing that a blunt object never actually just leaves people unconscious. Uh, the second attack, though, that's nah, a three. Uh, he needs to get a two on this burn die. He does. The chems keep kicking in, never letting him down as he continues the fight. 14, that blows up. Whew. Uh, he takes down two more. Uh, I'm going to say they're going to need to make another spirit roll. Negative two, as they have lost over half their numbers. Oh, that does it. They turn tail. He goes to chase for a little bit, but he realizes the opportunity. And very quickly, Akeem just goes, quick, run! And as they uh, begin sprinting out of this, uh, this trap set to catch them, uh, I am going to call that as both a scene and for the end of the night. So some of our threads that we have now, we have the return. The creepy doll it is now broken, though. Fix the vehicle and now escape the trap. On our characters list, we have Jean-Pierre, who is turning out to be pretty formidable here. Uh, 
Thalen, who has set them up on this trap by being a uh, effectively a fake mechanic, exactly where they needed her to be. Uh, and then the Gonbin, which is a race that apparently uh, Yakim actually knows well enough. They, I would say, let's see here on this chaos factor. You know, honestly, when the fight turned, I think Yakim had a good handle on it. And there was enough to let them know that I'm going to drop the chaos factor down by one. So it is still a six, but uh, the chaos factor itself is going to be a determining thing for figuring out what happens next. So with that, my friends, uh, I'm going to call it a night. We will find out what happens with Yakim, Jean-Pierre, and the 2-4, or whatever this bandit combat is, next time. Uh, thank you, and good night.